from some guy you probably met on the internet. It's the Casey Lewis Podcast. It's Tuesday, December 15th, 2015, and this is the Casey Lewis Podcast, where we talk about crushing debt, loving work, and chasing dreams that matter. I'm your host, Casey Lewis. Do you have a question about money, careers, debt, investing, college, cars, or real estate? There are a few ways you can ask your question and have it answered as part of the show. You can go to the podcast episode page at casey-lewis.com, click on the questions from the internet button, or you can, as always, hit me up on Twitter or Facebook at Casey N. Lewis, or this week, December 14th through the 18th at 1 o'clock p.m. Central every day. You can head over to the Periscope app and ask your questions there as I'll be recording a live new episode each day this week. Kicking off today's show is a question from Jeffrey. He writes, how much term life insurance do you recommend for 30-year-olds? We have a good amount of debt and two kids under three. Good question, Jeffrey. Um, thank you for thinking about term life insurance. It is the number one most underpurchased thing that uh, that I come across when I'm counseling with people and, and coaching with money. Is I, you know, they come to me. How do we get out of debt? And one of the first questions I ask is about their life insurance plan. And here's why: I am tired of seeing widows and widowers struggle financially and have to deal financially with uh, grieving the uh, the ability to pay bills, along with grieving the loss of a spouse. Um, it's it's just tough, and it happens far too often. And so, life insurance um, really. That's its sole purpose, is to make sure that your family doesn't have to worry about money while they're grieving your loss. It's not to make anybody rich. It's not to make anybody crazy wealthy. It's to take care of your family and to show your family you love them. So, Jeffrey, good job trying to figure this stuff out. Um, So, my recommendation is that you get 10 to 12 times your income in term life insurance. Um, and at 30 years old, that's fairly inexpensive for you guys as long as you're healthy, don't smoke, all of that stuff. Um, and so if you make $50,000 a year, then that would be somewhere between and $600,000. Um, if your spouse is a stay-at-home spouse, uh, you probably should get 250000 to 400000 for them. And uh, if you make... 80,000 then you're going to need to be looking to get somewhere in the neighborhood of 800,000 to a million dollars in term life insurance. The great news is this is super super inexpensive. We're talking about 30 to 50 dollars a month in most cases. Um, and you need to look for a level term life policy. There are a lot of uh catchy phrases out there or policies that have return of premium. You don't want any of those. Those are expensive. You pay more each month for the policy to possibly have the return of premium. Um, You want to completely avoid anything that's whole life or cash value or that pays you money or has its own banking system and avoid all of those things. Those are garbage. You want a level term life policy. And if you're 30 years old, you could buy a 20-year policy for anywhere from 30 to $50 a month for probably a half a million dollars. Now, as you're looking at the different terms that are there, 
there's 10-year, there's 5-year, there's 20-year. Obviously, the shorter the term, the lower the premium is going to be because the risk is not very high to the insurance company. You're 30 years old, you buy a 5-year term policy. There's not a lot of risk to them, so you could probably get that policy super cheap. Um, But on the opposite end, you go longer. Sometimes the 30-year is just as good of a deal as the 20-year policy and you could go that route too. But if there's a big jump in premium to go from 20 year to 30 year, 20 years is just fine. And here's what we are looking to cover. We are looking to first cover all of your debts. So pay off your house, pay off your car, pay off your credit cards, pay off everything that's there. And then with what is left over, that is to provide an income to your beneficiaries. So Jeffrey, if something were to happen to you, your wife would then take the half a million dollars that is left. She would sit down with a certified financial planner and an investment advisor and find good, solid investments to place that half a million dollars in that would generate an income for her and that would pay her somewhere around 8 to 10% a year. And so she could have... Instead of your $50,000 in your income, she takes that half a million dollars and it pays her forty dollars to $50,000 a year. And essentially, Jeffrey, your income has completely been replaced by your life insurance policy. That's the plan. That's why we use it. It's not so that she just gets to take $50,000 a year out of this $500,000 and she's going to be good for 10 years and then she's got to figure out life on her own. No, we want to set her up to live on the investment income from your life insurance policy. So that is how uh, that is how your life insurance policy stuff is going to work. Good question. Thanks for writing in. Today's show is brought to you by the 30 Days to Better Money ebook. If you're ready to take your financial life to the next level, then this ebook will give you all the tools, tricks, and tips you need to crush your money goals. Whether you're struggling with debt, planning for retirement, living paycheck to paycheck, or just want to get a solid financial foundation, this 30-day challenge will walk you through exactly what to do and give you a roadmap for success. It's a free download when you subscribe over at casey-lewis.com slash 30 days. Our verse of the day is from Proverbs 21.5. The plans of the diligent certainly lead to profit, but anyone who is reckless certainly becomes poor. And an awesome quote I came across from Charles Jaff. Uh, it is not your income that makes you rich. It is your spending habits. Yeah, that, that one really rang true as I was going through some stuff today. And I saw this cartoon from a friend of mine online, and uh, it was it was about a guy going into a convenience store for his retirement plan was to buy lottery tickets, and it made me laugh because occasionally I'll spend a dollar or two dollars on on a lottery ticket, maybe in a month, and uh, just you know because somebody has to win. But on the opposite end of that, we're heavily investing and saving and doing that stuff, and so um, I thought you know like the dollar amount to max out a Roth IRA for your household. So if it's a husband and a wife, you can put in $5,500 each to a Roth IRA. That's $11,000 a year. comes out to about $916 or $18 a month. And so if you can plan your life and your lifestyle around the fact that your income is going to have $918 a month less because you're automatically sending that off to an IRA... 
well, then it has nothing to do with I make $50,000 a year or I make $250,000 a year or I make $20,000 a year. It has to do with can you figure out how to live life without that $916 or $918 a month? It's not your income that makes you rich. It's your spending habits. If you make $250,000 a year but do not invest the $900 a month, and you spend that $900 a month on nice cars or a nice house or nice clothes or a nice vacation and you blow your $250,000, you're not going to be wealthy. On the opposite end, if you make $30,000 a year and you spend every dime of that $30,000 and you don't find a way to make your lifestyle match your income, Maybe you live in a house that's a little more than you should afford. Maybe you're driving a car that's nicer than you probably should be driving. Maybe you can't keep your credit card spending under control and you're paying a ton in interest. Or you've got student loans that you're still repaying. All of those little things are keeping you from being able to invest that $900 a month and you will not be wealthy. It's not your income, it's your spending habits. It's adjusting your lifestyle to allow for you to invest $500 a month, $600 a month, $1,000 a month. That is what makes you wealthy. All right, up next we have a question from Andrew. He said, our business profits a little over $100,000 each year, but our slow season runs from October through March. During the slow season, we almost have no revenue and we lose money. With Christmas and other living expenses, it is tough every year. It feels like we're not going to make it back to March this year, which is crazy because we made over $100,000 this year. What can we do? Andrew, this is a, uh, a common struggle among people that are entrepreneurs um, or self-employed and uh, and maybe one one or two employees not your your bigger businesses usually have this stuff figured out but it's the startup mom and pop one maybe a receptionist or a secretary or an assistant or a couple of small employees and they're the ones that usually struggle through this and I'm one that has had this issue and I figured out how to fix it so what you have to do is you have to pay yourself a salary as the owner of the business You have to say, we make $100,000 a year. I need to set some back in retained earnings, which retained earnings, if you're not familiar, is a business term for a savings account. So out of your $100,000, you need to probably be putting back somewhere around $15,000 to $20,000 a year in retained earnings for your business. And then I'm assuming this is $100,000 after taxes, so that's fine. Um, so you're going to have this hundred thousand, you're going to put 15 to 20,000 sitting aside in retained earnings. You need to forecast out for the future year and see what needs your business is going to have. Are you going to need a bigger marketing budget and that you need to start saving some to put in place for that? Are you going to need to buy new equipment? If you are like a, a lawn service, are you going to need new lawnmowers and things like that? You need to set that money aside and you need to set a modest budget salary for you as the owner of the business. 
So out of $100,000 profit, you can probably guarantee that your business can afford to pay you $5,000 a month. That's a $60,000 a year salary. You you can probably safely say, I can pay $5,000 a month. And every month in January, in February, in March, in April, in May, in June, in July, August, in September, in October, in November, and December, all 12 of them, you're going to pay yourself $5,000. You're not going to pay yourself $8,000 in August when August is a good month and zero in December. You're going to pay yourself $5,000 every month. And you're going to look up in December and you're going to say, wait a second, I've got, I've got a little bit more money. Well, cool. At that point, you can start spending some of the extra. At that point, you can say, oh, you know what? It was a good year. We made a little bit more than I thought. And you can start putting quarterly bonuses in place for yourself or annual or buy-in. However, you want to set up bonus plans in place for your business growth, but you're going to pay yourself a salary of 5,000 or a salary of 3,000. Pay yourself a salary of what you are confident the business can afford to support for 12 months out of the year and then set up paydays around that salary. So if you want to get paid once a month, say I'm going to get paid once a month on the 15th and every month on the 15th, write yourself from your business account a check for $5,000 to deposit into your personal account. Or if you're going to get paid twice a month and you want to do it every other week or you want to do the 1st and the 15th or the 15th and the 30th, I don't care how you do it, set up and establish a solid payday for yourself as the owner of the business and pay yourself that salary every month. And what'll happen is in August, you're going to have a $20,000 month and you're only going to pay yourself $5,000 and it's going to get you through October, November, December, January, February. It's going to get you through these slow seasons. Now you have said you don't feel like you're going to be able to make it back to March this year. Well, I promise you, you can. It's three months away. You may have to go do some things that you don't like to do for the next three months And that involves slashing your home personal budget down to absolutely nothing. That involves really taking a detailed look at your business expenses and only spending money on things that generate revenue. It may mean that you have to go work an extra job on the side and you may have to go take a part-time job delivering pizzas or cleaning toilets as a janitor Um, or doing something overnight for the next three months. But you can get back to March. March is just three months. We can dig through 90 days of doing really boring, kind of gross stuff to be able to support our family, give our family the things that they need, and then get into March where you're actually going to go back and you're going to start making your ten and twelve and $15,000 months. And every business has cycles and has seasons, but this is how you can manage through that so that you don't get into December and January when it's slow and try to figure out how to survive. Pay yourself less than you earn as the business. Pay it in a salary. Pay it steady to yourself. Establish that. And then if you want to slowly start increasing your income, give yourself a raise. Go from giving yourself $5,000 a month to $5,300 a month. 
And if you don't want to do it by raises in salary, find a bonus structure that works for you that allows you to go out and say, hey, the business this quarter profited an extra $15,000. I want to give myself half of that. That's fine. Do that. So you are going to have to probably from December through March this year struggle through. It's going to be tight. Slash your spending, do all of that stuff. Get to March, and then when March starts, let's figure out what type of salary you're going to pay yourself, Andrew. Great question. Thank you for writing in. Over in my email, which you can send to me, Casey at Casey-Lewis.com, Jenny wrote, I've listened to your show several times and read some of your articles. I'm ready to get better with money and really want to do well in 2016. It's so overwhelming. It to get started though. I don't even know where to begin. Jenny didn't really leave that with a question, but I I know that the, that feeling of overwhelmed when you're sitting down trying to figure out how to do this, you just don't even know what questions to ask. And so I just wanted to address this. The very first best step that you can take is to grab a piece of paper and a pen and r- start writing down where you're at with money. And so we've got templates and samples um, at kc-lewis.com that are budgeting forms. You can also, there's budgeting forms as a part of the 30 Days to Better Money ebook. And what you need to find out is your net worth. It's the best place to start. And how you do that is you write down everything that you own. You say, I own a house. It is worth $150,000. I own this car, it is worth $10,000. I own this guitar, it is worth $2,000. This computer is worth $1,000. The cash in my bank account is $500. The cash in my um, 401k is $22,000. And you start listing out everything that you own that is worth a monetary value. And then you go through your debts and you say, well, I owe MasterCard $2,000, I owe Visa $3,000, American Express I owe $8,000, this student loan here is $1,200, this student loan here is $6,000, my mortgage on my house is $130,000, the car loan is $8,000, and you start listing out all of your debts, and you add up all of your assets, the things that you own that have a value, and you subtract out all of your debts, and that gives you your net worth. It tells you where you're at financially. And if that number's negative, okay, cool, it's negative. We'll figure that out. If it's positive, if it's not as big as you thought it was, cool, we'll figure that out. But this is going to give us the baseline that we need to get started, and that's your first step. From there, your second step is to learn how to budget. You've got to dig into budgeting and giving your dollar a purpose before you even earn that dollar and you say, I'm going to earn $3,000 this month. Here is what I'm going to do with that $3,000. I'm going to save this much. I'm going to give 300 of it to my church. And with the rest that is left, I'm going to spend it. And if you are in debt, some of that spending has to go to pay back your old debts. And then to get intense, you may have a garage sale. So that you can get some extra cash so that you can start your debt snowball so that your debts can get paid down faster. You may go apply for a couple of extra jobs so that you can make some more money so that you can apply that money to your debt snowball. And this is going to help you start building momentum. But it all starts with having 
to find out where I am today, a good solid baseline measurement. And I lay this whole plan out. It's a free ebook. You can get it. It's uh, the 30 days to better money um, at casey-lewis.com slash 30 days. Jenny, thanks for writing in. Good luck. And if you have any questions, as always, feel free to reach out to me. Hey, if you have a question for me, head over to the podcast episode page at casey-lewis.com. Hit me up on Twitter and Facebook at Casey N. Lewis or this week, December 14th through the 18th at 1 o'clock p.m. Central Time. You can find me on the Periscope app at Casey N. Lewis and I'll be recording new shows every day. All right, so the last couple of shows, we've talked about some goal planning stuff. I asked you to dream, to take 20 minutes to just dream on paper, fast and furious style, get it written down, and don't think about how, don't think about when it's going to happen, just write and just dream. And then I had you pick out of those the top five things that you really, really wanted to accomplish in 2016 and to write each one of those on an index card. So you should have five index cards that say, I want to blank. So today, what I want you to do is take those five index cards and determine if there's any seasonality to when you can get that stuff done. Determine if, uh, like if you want to run a marathon and you're in really bad shape right now, you probably don't need to run that marathon in January. But you could probably run that marathon in October because that's enough time to train and get in a little better shape so you can go run it. So you need to start aligning these cards and give them a vague timeline. We're not going to dig in on a specific, by October 15th, I'm going to run a marathon. Just say, in October, I want to run a marathon. Um, but in all of 2016, I want to earn double my income. Whatever those dreams are, start placing where they're going to fall in the timeline of 2016. So some of the stuff you may be able to knock out in January, February, March. I want to go on a vacation. Cool. Let's figure out what it's going to take to go on that vacation. And so just say, in the first quarter, I want to go to Disney World. We're going to start working on how and developing those plans. I've got, I got two more days to, to get this uh, done. So we're going, to, we're going to work on the how. But right now, we've, we want to dream without limitations. We want to pick the five that are the most important to us. And now we need to kind of start setting out when we're going to get those done so that it's in a logical order for us. So that is, uh, that's what I want you to work on for this goal in dreaming stuff for 2016. As always on each episode, I want to give you an opportunity for giving or introduce you to a, a place. And this week we are highlighting charity water. They're a nonprofit organization bringing clean and safe drinking water to people in developing nations. And what's really cool about charity water is their 100% giving model. So if you go on to charitywater.org right now and you give $10, all $10 that you give goes to fund a water project somewhere around the world. That's really, really cool because a lot of organizations, if you give $10, a dollar of it will go off to pay uh, overhead and another dollar goes off to pay for marketing so that they can generate more donations. And then another dollar of it goes to cover something else. And when it trickles down, you only five of the $10 you give actually funds what you were trying to give toward. 
So with Charity Water, they have pr- uh, private donors that are set aside specifically to fund the operations aspect of their organization. And so when you and I give money, it's really going to help people. All of it. 100% of the money that we give goes to fund a project, and it's really, really cool. So head over to charitywater.org to check out their models, and uh, if you feel led to give, certainly do that. So with that, I'm going to wrap things up today. Be sure to check out the 30 Days to Better Money ebook. You can get your free copy at casey-lewis.com slash 30 days. Also, if you're really enjoying the show, I'd love it if you would consider supporting the creation of an even better podcast by going to patreon.com slash Lewis. Remember, your dreams matter. Put your money in a position to chase after what's important. Go crush it, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for checking out the Casey Lewis podcast. Connect with Casey on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by following at KCN Lewis. You can get all the show notes for today's shows and tons of bonus content on the podcast episode page at Casey-Lewis.com. And if you like the show, don't forget to leave a rating and review for us over in iTunes. That's my dad.